हेलो ऑडियंस मिट्टी के रंग ड्रिंक्स टू यू अ सीरीज ऑफ इंटरेक्टिव सेशंस ओवर जूम विद द हेल्प ऑफ व्हिच वी एम टू ब्रिंग सोशल चेंज रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी अमंगस्ट यूथ एंड इंट्रोड्यूस यू टू पीपल फ्रॉम वेरियस डोमेन्स टू लेट्स यू फाइंड योर वाइब सो लेट्स टुडे वी हैव मीना रोंग विद अस फ्रॉम चाइना शी इज अ कम्युनिटी प्रोफेशनल अ डिजिटल नोमैड विद हैंड्स ऑन एक्सपीरियंस इन इंजीनियरिंग डिजिटल मार्केटिंग and community relations in her free time she contributes to various tech media such as pan daily and tech mode that is such a diverse profile and i'm so excited to chat with her so hi nina hello everyone can you start by telling a bit about yourself and your life as a child hi my name is nina i am a chinese canadian i I was born in China, but I grew up in Canada. When I was 14, my parents divorced and my mom took me to Canada. Um and I spent my whole high school and university in Canada. And after I graduated, I decided to come back to China um to work in the technology industry. So this is what have has led me to this point so far. Okay, so how were the college years? Like what is the culture in the Canada? Like, what did you major in, and what were your plans after college? I majored in chemical engineering, um, and actually, during the second, third year of my university, I got a feeling that I do not want to work as a chemical engineer. Um, chemical engineering is great. I love chemistry. It's just I prefer to work in something that's more fast-paced. Chemical engineering is something that's more safety cautious. So usually the industry is rather very slow. It takes things on the safe side. Um, but I, I, I know deep inside I look for something that's more fast paced, more exciting. So I decided to. Originally, I wanted to work in consulting. Um, like I don't know if it's the same in India or other places. Um, there's like this expectation you get from society where. For example, you have to be a doctor, and for for my generation, for for my class, uh, my entire engineering class wanted to go do consulting, wanted to go to like McKinsey or um, Deloitte. That's like where everybody wants to go to, and I thought that's what I want. And I attended some like of their events, and I realized a lot of people are just working at this company because it's a big company. And I I talked to myself. I thought about. It, I was like, that's not what why I'm here. I want to work in something I really enjoy. I really really passionate about. Um, and this is why uh, when I see the chance to come back to China to work in artificial intelligence, I took the chance. Um, I really I didn't really stay in Canada. Um, and I gave up the high paying jobs in Canada. I came back to China and started from zero here. So, were there any sort of um, like insecurity in the beginning when you dropped when you decided that I would not go um, in the line which I've majored, that is chemical engineering, and I would start something else? Absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest struggle is that the fear of you inside you, right? You always feel like you are not as capable as everybody else because you don't have a degree in what you're working on. Have any work experience? Versus, it's so easy for you to graduate from chemical engineering and work as a chemical engineer. It just sounds so smooth. <laughs> it is so smooth and no friction. 
Um, but yeah, definitely the biggest struggle is that you have I have to constantly tell myself that you have, you can learn this even if you don't get get a degree about it. Doesn't mean you are any less capable than anybody else. You can learn it by yourself. There's so many resources online. Um, so definitely very steep learning curve in the very beginning. Okay. So how important do you think is a college degree when you keep in mind the job? Sorry, would you say that again? Um, how important do you think is a college degree? Like most of us do not even um, work in an area in which we have a college degree in. So, like, uh, how important is a degree in terms of job hunting? I think, I think any education system or any any sort of、um, degree you gain, it's really just teaching. Especially something like engineering, it's really just teaching you how to think and develop your logic behind it, right? So it's really the training for your mind rather than just giving you knowledge. Because when you Going to industry, you realize everything is so di- so different from what you learn in school.、Um, engineering, for even chemical engineering, is such a broad topic. There's like petroleum engineering, there's manufacturing, there's power and paper, there's oil and gas, there's like all kinds of different bio biopharmaceutical. There's all kind of engineering, and there's no way in five years or four years of your university life you're gonna get everything from it. So. University is a place that trains your mind, trains your way of thinking. And if you, without going to school, can train yourself to think logically, to rationalize,、um, to problem solve, then I don't think it's rather important to have a degree. Especially in the startup world, we see so many great entrepreneurs who don't have a degree, and they're doing way above, like mediocre, way above everybody else. So. Um, the degree doesn't define you; you define you. Right. So,、um, how would you say your interest in community work got ignited? I got into community building because my company went through a, my previous company went through a very、uh, sharp pivot. Okay.、We、so, so from- before that, can you just tell us what community building is? Community building is.、Um, Basically, building a community, like like you said, you have you gather a lot a lot of people who have same interests or have something in common, and you facilitate into a community where everybody feel belonged. Community is very important for business,、um, as it stores your social capital. This is a place where、um, they could exchange ideas, and you, in turn, as a community builder, can empower them. To、um, contribute to your business or to your vision. Okay. Yes. So now you were telling how your interest got ignited. So my company went through a rather sharp pivot before.、Um, originally, it was a AI consulting company. We were providing solutions to some of the largest、um, pu- public-owned enterprises. Um, but then we decided to pivot it to a、um, product-based company, so it became open source. Open source just means that instead of us as a company,、um, our team working on the project, actually people around the world can contribute to this project. They can submit whatever they have on their hand, and we can decide if we want to integrate as part of the solution. So this is really like a 
crowdsourcing kind of way to develop a project. And in order to make this happen, you need somebody that's co- who is coordinating the whole process. And that's how I got into community building. Um, and over the years, I, ha- I have worked with over 1,200 developers from around the world. Uh, we're developing a product for autonomous aviation, uh, very exciting field. Um, so this is how I started my community building journey. Okay, so were there any like expectations you had from the corporate world? And what were the obstacles that you faced? I think the, op- the biggest obstacle I faced is that I never see myself as a community builder. I came from engineering degree um, and like what everybody perceive engineer. Uh, I'm, I often put the tag on myself as I'm very nerdy, I'm not good with people. Community builder is like the other end of the spectrum, right? You have to be very um, outgoing, you have to talk to a lot of people all the time. So I really didn't see that in myself. Um, however, as I was doing my community building job, I realized that not like the, the word really now is a word everybody wants to be extrovert, right? Everybody thinks leadership is all about, you know, people skills, dealing with people. But really, what, what are the strengths of introverts? What are the strengths of people who are better thinkers? They're deep thinkers. They might not be as outgoing, as, not, not be sociable, but they have great ideas inside them. So I have really have to dig inside myself to see where my strength is and how can I apply my unique strengths into a task that I have never done before. Okay, so can you elaborate for me and the audience what aerial autonomy is? If, um, I'm not sure if, if the audience are familiar with um, drones. I'm pretty sure you have seen it around. Um, so right now we call it unmanned aerial vehicle because technically there's no pilot flying in the sky. But in fact, we need somebody to control it on the ground. And that's still powered by man. So it's limited. So the possibility or the um, things that a drone can achieve is limited by manpower. So our vision is to enable drones to do everything by itself without even the person on the ground controlling it. So this is basically what uh, aerial autonomy is. Okay, so uh, do you have any idea like where did this idea generate from or any history about it? This is this idea was was just a, I think this is everybody, everything's going autonomous now. There's autonomous cars driving themselves. And we did the market research saying that the pilot, the drone pilot is actually one of the biggest bottleneck of the industry because there's simply not enough pilots to fly all those drones and pilots are ex- very expensive. So we see an opportunity there and we decided to find a solution for it. So um, how would you um, like sum up your experience in the corporate world? Uh, I, I, I don't think it's fair to say that I came from a corporate world. I, when, I, when I was in university, I did um, my internship in corporate, uh, in a corporate industry, in a big company in pharmaceutical industry. Um, after I graduated, I've been all, always been working in a startup. So um, I think my startup experience has been, 
has been one of the big, most valuable time of my life. It really taught me.、Um, it really changed my mindset. So、um, I also read on your profile about this very interesting thing called digital nomad. So can you elaborate for us what is that? Digital nomads describe people who don't really work in the office.、Um, we work. We work wherever we want. We work through the internet, work on computers. So、um, our job don't require us to stay in office、uh, five days a week,、um, and we pretty much can control where we live and where we go. I could be living today in Beijing,、um, tomorrow in India, you no, know, the day after in Thailand. It really is up to me. So this is what digital nomad is. It's very closely related to remote working. Okay, so we do not have this concept here, and I found it fairly interesting. Yeah, this is this is really the future of working because、um, now the world is open to it because of COVID nineteen. Because people、right. cannot really go to office,、um, but this 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 style of working has has been around in the world for years and years, and I'm happy that more people can experience it,、um, even though it's in such a like. Crazy time,、um, and it's, it's really it's really interesting because it benefits actually not only the employee but also the company. The company are able to hire more more talents from around the world. Before they could only hire talents that's close to their office building because people wouldn't want to travel, you know, fly to Beijing every day to for work. Um, but now they could hire. For example, I'm in Beijing. I could hire somebody from San Francisco, and be no problem.、Um, and for the employees, lower living cost. They have more freedom. And yeah, it's really if you do it right, it's really benefit. It really benefit both parties. So is it like also cutting the cost of the company? Sorry. Is it also like cutting the cost as a company? Absolutely, absolutely.、Um, A lot of the company who the there are different models of remote working. There's fully distributed team. There's fully remote working team. So like there's no office at all. Everybody just work from home. And then there's a hybrid team. So some people work in office and some people work at home or work wherever they want. And then there's like distributed team where like you have multiple office around the world, but they work very closely together.、Um, so definitely, if you you decide to Go to either fully remote or hybrid. You can either、um, not set up an office, so it's no rent, or set up a smaller office space for those who do work in office.、Um, so definitely, it's cost cutting.、Um, however, I have to say that remote working requires a lot, a lot of communication skills. So those money that you saved on rent, you might in the beginning you probably have to spend it on training your employees on. Getting to know the idea of remote working. Okay, so I believe artificial intelligence is a thing which is growing a lot in these years. So, how do、yeah. you think that AI can transform the world、uh, or the way we live? I think AI will be able to take up a lot of the repetitive work that was originally done by human beings. For example.、Um, One of the project we did was that they they use autonomous drones to take pictures of the power grid and to see if there are any malfunctioning parts or broken parts that needs to be replaced. 
and there are just so many pictures um, collected for for each each fly. And then when we go to see their workers, they actually have to sit there and spend hours and hours looking through all those pictures, just trying to find that one nail that's fallen apart um, or the one part that's broken. So if this kind of work can totally done, be done by AI, by computer vision, and the people can be put onto something more of the creative work. Okay, so there's this debate around AI that it is um, taking up jobs of the people and it's uh, like generating more unemployment. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to say on that? I think I think this is true for some people. Um, for example, if the, for those very labor intensive work, yes, definitely will, the AI will be taking their position. But that's only because those pe- those jobs mm-hmm. should not be done by human beings. The repetitive work will cause work injuries. Um, the working condition may not be as good. If for if if a job that's you know that's really empowering some people to achieve their best, why would we replace the, their job with AI? Right? We're replacing the low end, repetitive, unhealthy work that should not be done by human beings in the beginning. So that's, I'm pretty positive about that. Um, so that's how I see the future of AI, at least in the, in the short, medium um, term. In the long term, if AI will take over the world, that's another question. <laughs> so I also believe that there are people who are not as skilled, like the people delivering for us and the basically people in the operation chain. So now that the robots are delivering things and so it is cutting the jobs of the people who are at the baseline of the operations. So in that case, what would you say? I am no master of it. I just find AI a very amazing concept and I like to read about the debates going on about AI. I think um, this is part of the corporate social responsibility. If the company um, decide to introduce a artificial intelligence system that will replace uh, a, a significant number of the workforce, then the company should in turn spend more money on training all this employee into doing something else. Um, they can't just say, okay, we've got, we got robots now, we got new AI now, we don't need you anymore. Um, but the corporate definitely have the responsibility to its employee. So it's their job if they decide to switch, it's their job to transform their skill sets into something um, that will apply and help the company grow. Okay. So um, what do you um, say is the most, is the best experience you've ever had during these working years and the one you will always look back to? I think the best experience I have working all those years was uh, was actually when I got my current job through LinkedIn, uh, which is where you guys approached me. Um, so I was on a job hunt for a for new opportunities and I didn't know where to go. I started writing about what I learned in the past on LinkedIn. I think 
I, I was contacted by four headhunters um, in such a short time just because I decided to share my knowledge with people that I don't even know on the internet. Um, so people know what I'm doing, what I'm good at, and they decide to contact me and give me an offer. So this is really important to me as they constantly remind me to share what I have learned um, to people um, because sharing is caring, I also have to give first to gain. Yes, I read this thing on your profile, sharing is caring and learning is the new sexy. <laughs> yes, absolutely, definitely. So I also saw this um, certificate certification of the LinkedIn coach on your profile. So how would you describe the power of LinkedIn and the number of people you can reach through the network? Um, so I actually work, I actually volunteer for an organization called Ladies Who Tag. Um, and this is where I became a LinkedIn coach. We had a collaboration with them because um, this, the pandemic's here and all of the university students who are graduating this year are having a hard time to find jobs because no company, like very limited amount of companies hiring and they're struggling with, to launch their career. So this is why we decided to ha um, host an event to help university students that are gonna graduate it. Um, to guide them through their career, to show them how to cope with you know, first-time interviewing, first-time job hunting, how to present them, themselves to a company they want to go. Um, and also at the same time, I'm also taking individual requests to jump on a one-on-one call with me. Um, so this is how I became a LinkedIn coach. And I'm really happy that I can share my experience with students mm -hmm. who are so inspiring and we have so much potential and just empowering them to become the best version of themselves. Okay, so as you said that the people, the students who are graduating this year have difficulty finding jobs and so where do you think the like midst of all the crises, midst of the difficulties, where do you think they can find an opportunity in that? Like digging the opportunity, like if opportunity it doesn't knock the door, build a door. Sorry, sorry, I didn't get the question. So it was like in the midst of the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, the students who are struggling to find a job. What would be your suggestion to them, like how to find the opportunity, how to knock the right door? Um, so first, I think it's very important to know what kind of jobs you want to do. It's very common that I receive questions from students to say, what, what opportunity do you have? Um, and this is very tough for me because I have all kinds of network, um, but it's very hard for me to provide you everything I have. Um, so I, so not only me, like I think you have to be very clear on what you're asking. If you're asking for a connection, Um, in terms of your success to land your first job. And secondly, it's don't be afraid to ask, right? Once you know where you're going, make sure that you spread the words, make sure that everybody, I always say that if if 10 out of, nine out of your 10 friends don't know you're looking for a job, you're not doing a good job um, telling people what you're doing because Maybe none of them have a job offer for you, but they could know somebody who have, right? right. 
So definitely, some some people are very some students are very ashamed of the fact that they're looking for jobs because they feel like oh everybody else the peer pressure right everybody、mm-hmm. else have already have a job and I don't have it yet I don't want to tell anybody about it. But that's that's totally the wrong mindset. If you need help, ask for help, and it's confidence itself to show your vulnerability. Okay, so that's really、and、the power start- of networking.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just、uh, if you reach out to LinkedIn, maybe not everybody will reply to you. But those who do reply to you might, you know, might be the person who leads you to the job offer. Right. So, like, how do you help students? Like,、uh, do you connect them to certain companies which need them, or like through yourself? Like, how? Uh, it really depends on what student is struggling with. Sometimes they just want to talk to me about, you know, they're interested in marketing or community building. They want to see what is it like to be working in this position.、Um, sometimes they're just lost in their career. Say, I don't know what I want to do. Can you give me some guidance? And I will guide them through on like finding out what their passion is.、Um, and if 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 a student does have Um, a company that I have connection in,、uh, in mind, and yeah, likely I will connect them with with the person I know. Okay, so what's that one memorable experience that you've ever had on LinkedIn, and that is so inspiring to you? Uh, on LinkedIn, that's so inspiring for me. There are a lot of. Very inspiring people on LinkedIn.、Um, like the best person you reached out to, or the one they have reached out to you. Like I said, my current job, my current like I, I I'm a remote worker.、Um, my current company reached to me through LinkedIn. I haven't met any of them before. I still haven't met like any of them right now. So、um, that's one of them. Um, and I actually befriended the LinkedIn China team、um, because I was constantly generating content, and it's just really nice that I could support the growth of the platform. So, what do you think is the right mindset for a youth seeking opportunities? Like, what minds? What is the ideal mindset they should have? Like, never give up or what else? Um, I think. I'm I'm a big fan of、um, fail early, fail often, fail fast. So it's not about success. It's actually you have to take failure very seriously. You have to take、uh, you have to learn from your failure and and get you get used to dealing with failure.、Um, so if you there's actually one of my biggest philosophies that there's no one thing. There's no single Event or goal in your life. If you fail, you screw up your life, right? There's no such thing. You can fail unlimited times, and you will still be a successful person. And the looking backwards, you know, in retrospective. So,、um, definitely getting getting used to failure is the biggest part. Okay. And what is the one lesson that you have learned working all these years with different kind of people? The one lesson I learned would be, I think that's the one I just told you that、um, take failure versus seriously, and I think you should have 
people always say that you should have a goal, right? You should have a goal, but you should also have a vision. So the difference is that a vision is a long-term thing. And for example, 10 years away. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's proven that if you, if you have more, if you look out, the time is longer, the lo- the lo- your long-term is longer, it's more likely you'll be successful. Because you realize that today, if I'm failing or success, successful, it doesn't really matter because I'm looking at the vision in 10 years. As long as I get there in 10 years, it doesn't matter if I trip today or if I'm you know, running a bit faster than everybody else today. Um, but at the same time, you also have a goal, which is short, short term, that you can you know, just try it harder and then you might achieve to keep yourself on track. So this is uh, one of the learnings I have over the years. Okay, so like talking about vision, where do you see yourself in the next seven or ten years? I think I will, will be in the business and investment sector. Okay. So like the investment sector, is that something you've been working on and or is, is it something new you want to explore? That's something I want to explore. So I, I, I see myself not as somebody who come to this world and manipulate how things work. Rather, I want, I'm very experimental. I observe things. Um, so I'm really just here to observe how everything works. And I realized that the, the foundation of the world is just economy. Every, like this is a world of economy. So this is the, the area I really want to experience and learn. I don't know if I if, if this that's the, like a destiny what I will be doing for the rest of my life, but that's something I definitely want to try once in my life. Okay. So, what are your favorite books that you advise everyone should read? Uh, I would I would suggest the Five AM Club. Okay. Um, this is a book that I recently read. Um, and something I recently practiced to wake up at 5 a.m. This is a great practice. You get the book went into like how 95% of people in this world are just normal. And then if you want to be something, if you want to be extra, not extraordinary, we have to do what they don't do, which is waking up at 5 a.m. Um, and I start working before anybody else. I keep a very disciplined schedule in my life. And I think that's helping me to cope with anxiety. Um, and so I think everybody in this world should have a healthy relationship with your emotion, especially anxiety, because this is a very high pressure, stressful world right now. World are changing very fast, especially during the pandemic. So by doing so, it's a very healthy way for me to cope with my anxiety. And so my work can be more sustainable. Okay, so like you said, people are dealing with anxiety and especially during the pandemic. So what are some practices that you adopted during the lockdown? Like I've just, to be productive, I've I've made a to-do list and I make a to-do list in the morning. And then, you know, the addiction to take off things is real. Like, so you want to do so much. So what are those practices that you adopted? So like I said, I wake up at 5 a.m. And after I wake up, I go, I immediately work out. I work out for 20 minutes just to wake myself up and then I will meditate and I will plan my day. Um, and 
Um, I think I think this is a big part. Working out is a big part. Keep yourself active.、Um, eating healthy is very important. And I just want to point out that、um, do set time for yourself to connect with the outside world, right? Because now it now people we don't it's not easy for us to network with each other, and especially introverts like me, it's so easy for me to stay at home and not interact with anybody because I thought that's what I like. But do save time for yourself to spend time with the ones you love. Um, it's important to network people, even though you think you are introvert, even though you enjoy your alone time. Doesn't mean you don't need anybody else, you know, to socialize with you. So that's also a very big. And don't that keep your discipline. Like, don't sleep at 5 a.m. in the morning just because it's lockdown. You should never do that.、Um, the more disciplined you are, the more freedom you get. Okay, so what is your advice to the people who are struggling financially as well as mentally in this lockdown? Um, if you are struggling financially, um, seek help. Seek help. See if there's any government um support in that area. Um, cut your cost. This is a really difficult situation, and there are a lot of resources online. Um. There are remote, like、um, hourly paid, remote jobs. See if you can pick up some of that. I know this is. I know none of this might be like extremely helpful for anybody because I'm not in their shoes and they're going through an extremely difficult time.、Um, but、uh, stay positive and do what you can. And pandemic will be over、um, before you know it. So as long as you keep a good attitude. Um, the ex- external difficulty will pass. Right. So I think we'll all get through it together, and we'll, as we get through it, we'll be more stronger and more improved as people in our professionals as well as personal lives. So thank you so much, Nina. It was great talking to you. You're a lovely person. You have this very amazing vibe with that happy face. <laughs> Thank you, Fancy. That's really kind of you to say that.、And、it's lovely to chatting with you. I think you're doing a great job. It's such a great initiative,、um, and definitely, I I will help in any way I can. Yes, sure. We'll reach out to you, if... and I will also reach out to you. I will also reach out to you in LinkedIn. You have such a great profile. I would love to know more about you. So, thank you so, so much. That was Nina Rong with us. Talking about aerial autonomy, community building, artificial intelligence, and the concept of digital nomads.、So、catch you very soon with another podcast. Stay tuned. Thank you.